the room treatments in your uh, theater. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even in the theater now. I'm, I'm, I'm in my I know. Room. And that's why it sounds different, I bet. Oh. If it's, a, it's probably the same mic, and then your room treatments actually make everything sound a little better in the uh, in the theater. Yeah. Well, here it's sitting on a on my desk, which is glass. <laughs> not optimal, obviously. Right. But, I that's mean, all right. As long as you can hear me. Exactly. Does I it can sound hear weird? You? I mean, should I try and... No, no, it sounds fine. It's just like when you were in your theater, it sounded like, you know, just more natural, less reverb. There's yeah. not a ton. It just doesn't sound as, as nice as it did in your theater. But it, it's not, it's not the quality of the audio. It's the quality of what you're saying, Ralph. That's why I have you here. Okay. <laughs> oh, so we'll just, we'll just continue from here. Like nothing ever happened. <laughs> Oh, technology, right, Ralph? No, oh, isn't it great? Yeah, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> what do people do that aren't into this stuff with all their extra time? Couldn't tell you. Because <laughs> you're not one of them. <laughs> so, how you been, buddy? I'm good. I can't complain. You know, it's uh, Menza Menza. You know, Menza Menza. Yeah. You getting ready for the holidays? Are you, are you in the holiday spirit yet? Or are you, uh, I'm, this is one of the few years where I'm taking a little time. Usually I'm well before Thanksgiving. I'm all Clark Griswold, but this year has been a little stressful. So I'm like trying to, trying to get myself juiced up for it. How about you? Yeah. We've had some family stuff going on. Um, so it's been a little tough for us to get the holiday spirit too, but, um, we're, we're rebounding. Nice. Nice. It's, it's, it is that one of those things. It's that time of year when you're like, you, you, even if you're not in the mood for it, it just keeps, uh, signs keep popping up everywhere. Like, you know, be thankful for what you got. Be thankful for where you are, you know, and that's kind of what keeps hitting me. Um, and, uh, let's, let, actually, let, let me go back to, uh, a 24 hour podcast. Uh, you were, you were supposed to be on with that one and, you know, life got in the way for you. And I, I really, really did miss having you there that day. Yeah, uh, I know I'm you sorry. tried. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I know. But it's like, you're it, it, like the reason like I really like missed having you there is because you're one of the people that, you know, helped me get going and allow me to have that day. You were one of the people I reached out to early on. Uh, meeting you through Jeff and then just how great you were that enabled me to be like even more outgoing and start talking to other people. Right. And it's like when you have that positive, uh, interaction with people like yourself and you just, you're like, Oh, this is great. And what I've come to know over the years since we've met and, you know, become friends, I'm like, not everybody's like you, Ralph, you know, oh, and it's like, you know, you know that you've been around longer than I have in this. And it's like, it is a great community, but not everybody's great, you know, and I choose to talk to all the people that are great and they, you know, but the ones that I've had some interactions, not so great. 
So it makes me appreciate. Now I'm not here to talk about those. I'm here to appreciate you, Ralph, because you're the. If I had run into some of these other people first, I might have thought everybody was like that, right? And then nothing grows because you'd be like, I don't want to go through that one again. But you were awesome to me. You were like, you were around, and you're like, hey, I, you know, I don't know who this kid is sitting in his basement talking about movies, but you were awesome to me. So thank you very much. No, thank you, man. You're, you're, uh, you know, I agree with you when you say that. not everybody is, is created equal. And, uh, I've certainly went to my fair share of, of good people and not so good people and people at a middle of the road and, and so forth. So it is always refreshing to meet a guy like yourself who's so enthusiastic about, uh, this hobby and, and about, I think just people in general. I think you're a people person and that's important, uh, in, in what you do, especially with a podcast, but it's important in what we all do. Uh, in terms of trying to share whatever information that we can with others that are interested in this. So you're a good man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now we got the pleasantries out of the way. <laughs> okay. Let, yeah, no, 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 that was nice. Very nice. Um, so this has been, this year has flown by. Um, I saw your, tw- your movies for the year. There's, and, and anybody want, go to AVS forum, read, I mean, if you're not already reading Ralph's stuff, please do. But off the top of your head, <laughs> what's, for you, Ralph, what was the Morbius? What was your favorite movie from 2023? What was the Morbius for you? And I make that joke because I reached out to you about Morbius. Oh, last I remember. Year. <laughs> I remember talking about Morbius. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, uh. What was your favorite movie from this year, just off the top of your head? home theater wise or whatever. Okay. I, I don't like getting pigeonholed uh, <laughs> with someone says, Oh, what was your favorite movie? Because Isn't that I hard? Love movies. Yeah. So I, uh, so it would be difficult for me to say, Oh, ja, say to you, Oh, you know, DJ, my favorite movie was, was this. Uh, but uh, let's see what may see what I have for my list here. Uh, let's see. Hmm. All right. So I wouldn't say it was my favorite movie, but that's what I like about you. You always have some reasons behind it. And it's like, this isn't my favorite, but this is what I got for you right now. Let's go. I really liked uh, Gran Turismo. Now, I wouldn't say it was my favorite movie that was released this year, but it was certainly among them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I liked Prey too, but again, not my favorite movie, but you know, I really enjoyed it. But going back to Gran Turismo, uh, I thought that um, just the whole idea that you have a story here that that is based upon you know some real people, you know it's it's got this this element of drama and its element of action, this element of melodrama, you know, surrounding this 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 kid who gets this un- incredible opportunity and makes by hook or by crook makes you know the, the most of it. So I, I like inspirational stories like that. So, so Gran Turismo is one that would definitely be in the conversation. Um, Absolutely, the, the movies that I really enjoyed in, in, in twenty twenty three. Yeah, uh, my wife and I saw that in the theater, and I had been looking forward to that when, since I saw the trailer back, probably in the spring. And uh, when I saw, I was, at first you see the title and you're like, oh, you know, the video game movie. Right. And then when you see it's all in the trailer. And if you were, 
I think a lot of people didn't pay attention to the trailer because they thought another video game movie, right? And sure. then when you figure out, when you find out, like, no, this is based on a true story. Um, and the, the idea of it, whether the movie is an exact representation or not, doesn't matter. It's the, it's the point of the story that it is a true story. And it isn't, in my opinion, it isn't a video game movie. It's a, it's a, it's a, a true, story of perseverance of uh of a you know every parent's like to me what resonated for my wife and i was the um the parenting aspect of it right and i think too many people especially nowadays this is a personal feeling of mine but too many people nowadays are too eager to encourage kids in directions because they're afraid to be uh to be against them or to disappoint them and i thought like the the role that the parents played, the way they depicted it in that movie, my wife and I were like, that was dead on. I'm like, that's what you need to do, right? It's like you don't – I mean I think a lot of parents now and they see like, oh, you, you can make money in video games and they might encourage it or something, right? And you're like, sure. no. The fact that – and his, his father was so crushed by the end and he was like, what did I do to him? I, he felt like he did it wrong. And I'm like, no, you did everything right, buddy. This is a one in a billion shot that your son had and it was his drive to prove you wrong is that what got him there. Right. So the, the parent, I thought, did everything right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I also liked the idea that and I think unbeknownst to the father, I think unbeknownst to the father, the his son held him in higher regard than, than I think the father yep. knew. Yep. The whole idea that, you know, his son had the emblem from his, from his football club, you know, on his helmet yeah. and you know, the photo of him. And he was, you know, a little boy and his father had taken him to that car show. So these yeah. are the things that impacted him. And maybe the father didn't realize right. that these were some of the things that were motivating his son. And they were things that he, meaning the father was, was responsible for. Cause I think the father felt disconnected to him in some way, because all this kid wanted to do in his mind was play video games. Right. Uh, play this video game and he had this ridiculous dream and so forth. And then when he saw, you know, that there were things that, that he had done as a father that had inspired and motivated this. And I think that kind of connected them there at the end. That was kind of an emotional part when oh, yeah. father comes to the trailer. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big mush. My wife's like, really, Ralph? <laughs> really? You're getting like all emotional. <laughs> Me too. Me too. It was especially father son stuff. I was like, I was glad I was at that one with my wife because if my son and I had gone to see it, I would have been like, here we go. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm a, I mean, everybody that listens to my show knows or my long time, I'm a giant mush. I yeah, just yeah. like, yeah. you know, a good AT&T commercial will get me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that, that father son connection at the end there that you get where the father realized like everything, like exactly like you described, he, it, it just like dawned on him like oh okay mm -hmm. you know but i i mean it's it, it, that's that that i just loved how it's like the parent the, the drive the kid had the reasons for it and I, and that that's what made this to me like doesn't matter if it's dead on to the actual story it's 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 the story Sure. Right? How you tell it and the action you show and what or whatever it is, but it is the story. And by the end of the movie, you're like, if that wasn't a true story, we'd all be like, that's the hokiest, you uh -huh. know, 
Hollywood story that you've ever seen because it was like it's it's basically and this is the true story part. It's like it's every Tom Cruise action flick, right? It's like right. He, he want he's this, he's that. He's like he has his big up, and then in the middle of the movie he has his down, and then at the end of the movie he triumphs and blah blah blah. I'm like. You name it, it was it. And you're like, wait a minute, this really happened to him. Yeah. And people doubted him and blah, 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 blah. And um, David Harbour's character is hysterical. I, yeah. And that, that's what I liked about like the overall theme of the movie to me was I love that idea of that shift of, you know, it, there's a point where you, you need to be encouraging, but you also need to be discouraging at times too. Real. Be sure. real. Sure. You can't just tell people, sure, whatever you want to do, you can do. If you can dream it, you can make it happen. What ends up happening is you dreamed it and you end up in therapy because it's impossible. And you're, right. like, exactly. you're like, why didn't somebody tell me I can't do this? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, well, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Nope. Instead, I just ran into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, like, David Harbour's like, I'm not going to lie to these people. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, you're never going to make it. You can't do it. And that's, again, now I think that was just emphasizing the role of the parents too. Right. Which I thought was great. Um, the home theater part. Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. It, it, it definitely had an excellent, uh, I, I think the presentation from soup to nuts was, was really, really very good. You know, everything from the, you know, from the quality of the, of, of the four, you know, KN code to the Adobe Atmos mix. Not the best Atmos mix of the year or anything like that. No. But again, it's, you know, it would be in the conversation for being a wholly gratifying audio video presentation. So for sure. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, the movie itself didn't dictate like an overall immersive over that when people say Atmos, they think over the head, but it didn't really dictate a lot of that. Maybe the helicopter on the track or something, you would have been like, oh, okay, a little more up there. But I felt like it, the, the audio on it was, it was realistic enough. It was, um, the bass was good enough to dictate exactly what was going on. It wasn't, I mean, other than the cars driving, which you could hear, I thought that was really nice. You're not going to get too much crazy sound because it, it kind of was just like, I don't want to say it was a drama movie, but it wasn't like a big blow up action movie type thing at all. Yeah. What I liked about the 4K though, and, or the picture presentation was those opportunities where they tried to meld it to the video game itself. And like mm -hmm. when they put that, they superimposed the, the, the car around the him. Car and that, and, that, yeah. 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 That was, I thought that, yeah, that explosion view, which we've all done in the video game. Like I, I grew up, not grew up. I was in my twenties when this game came out, but I loved, I loved, you know, like they said, simulation games. And I thought they did a good job of melding that with the movie just enough to make you know that, well, not make you know, it's named Gran Turismo, but to give you that video game feel, but yet still keep this realistic enough. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I thought, and I think some people, you know, you kind of alluded to this, but some people get overly focused on, you know, effects that are, that are mixed to the high channels. And, for me, anyway, I look at I look at the how effective uh, an audio mix is based upon how well it draws me into the story when I'm watching it. 
and making me feel like I'm a part of what's happening on screen, whether that be sitting in a car or whether that be something passing by to the side or passing overhead or rainfall. I mean, there were some scenes in the movie where, you know, they were driving, it was pouring rain and you kind of, you know, you, you got the feeling like it was raining and, and the, the, the times that the camera shifted to the engine components, I see the shifting gears and stuff like that. And, and yeah. stuff like that, that, for me anyway, was what was what I found to be so incredible uh, about the, the, the mix itself. It was dynamic too, which was which is always welcome, especially when you're talking about muscle cars and things like that. So the, the, I don't look at the quality of a mix solely based upon how well things are mixed to the high channels, but how well the system is combined and used to effectively draw you into the events that are transpiring on screen. So that's what I look for. Yeah. Yeah. Myself included. Yeah. I, I couldn't have said that better. It's like, just think of the, I mean, we've talked about this before, but the term Atmos, right? I, I love that Dolby used that. They didn't go, you know, 5.1 X or whatever they call it. Like, you right, know, right, we have right. DTS X, but we have Dolby Atmos and it's, it is supposed to be atmospheric, but I think the general idea of an object based is yes, we throw in some overheads, but yeah, dead on. If you isolate them, there are things you can do now that you couldn't do before if you isolate them. Those channels, I mean. Right. And you, you like rain or thunder or you want to make some crackling or people walking around over you. You can definitely use that, but that's, that's going to be limited use. You're not doing that in every movie, every scene of the movie. Right. But what I think a lot of people lose sight of is what those overheads do now for an object based mix. And even when we're not object based mixes, when we're dealing with an up mix, you're using your Dolby surround or your neural X up mixing is it's adding more, it's adding ability to pull that sound to where you need it to be in the room, you know, and to go simplified is like how you get that phantom center out of getting a left and right, right? That's all those are, that's, that's all those are really, really meant for. And that enables you to be placed into those scenes more accurately. And it could just be just, the breeze going on around wherever you are, or it could be anything that's just moving the the air or moving the scene around you and it's atmospheric. That's what Atmos is supposed to be doing or these object bases. And I think a lot of people like get a little upset when they're like, I wish I could have had a little bit more use of the overheads. And it's like, might not have needed it because you know, it's depends on the scene, you know? Right. And I agree. And I, I run into a lot of um, readers sometimes who will disagree with a rating that I've given a particular mix because there's either not enough, they don't consider there to be enough height, act, height channel activity or it's a static mix as opposed to, you know, a, a specific object-based mix. And as I pointed out earlier, uh, those things are important, but it really is dependent on what it is that you're watching. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it, it'd be like, I don't know. It, it's like saying to somebody like there's not enough red in that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't supposed to be. 
Right. <laughs> That's not what I wanted in my painting or whatever right. it is, right? Right. Um, the other topic, the other one is bass. People think it should have more bass. It should have, it didn't have enough bass. I could have used some. Now, if we're talking dynamics, maybe. And if we have a history with a film, you might be like, you know, like Edge of Tomorrow, people like, I didn't have as much as this one or I wanted as much as this one. And that seems to me is the other hot topic when, when anybody, but I, I love reading your stuff. I like, and more entertaining, sadly, Ralph, than your stuff is the replies <laughs> and watching people. And you and I have had some fun conversations out there. <laughs> like, and it's rare. You have great followers and everything, but it is rare. You'll get somebody and you know, like, what the heck is going on there? Um, but I love the ones where they comment on stuff and you know they haven't even read it. Uh-huh. They haven't read your review yet. Yeah. And it, it, and I've said to you privately, I'm like, you are like, you're like a saint because you're so good at just being so polite to them and tell them, oh, thank you for that. But maybe if you read it, I'm just dying laughing. No, but it, I, I just love the people who start going off the wall based upon something they read online and nothing and has, have zero experience with the film itself, but they're quickly, they're so quick to tell you that it's, you know, the picture quality is terrible. The audio, audio quality is terrible. And I'm like, well, and I can tell by the way they're talking in these very general terms that they haven't seen it. So I'll ask, well, have you, <laughs> have you seen it? And then either they go away or you'll get, well, I don't have to see it. I, I already know. Okay. Well, I tell you what, why don't you come back and talk to me after you've seen it? And then we can have a conversation and, right. and then we can agree to disagree if that's the case, but we can't really have a conversation if you haven't seen it. Right. Exactly. And I had a conversation a couple of years ago with somebody. I don't even know what it was about. I don't know which movie I should say it was about. And we were, we were debating the picture quality back and forth and he, and I, I loved it. And it, and then I come to find out he was watching it through streaming. We weren't comparing disc to disc. We were, he was, he's like, Oh, I stream everything. Well, then why are you arguing? And he like disagreed with what I was seeing. And I'm like, well, why are you arguing with me? You're not even watching it the same way. Sure. You might now I'm like, you might be a hundred percent right, you know, in your situation, you know, uh, I was talking with a friend the other day, they were watching, um, streaming wise, they were watching, um, dial of destiny mm -hmm. when it first came out. The night it came out, that Friday night, they were excited to see it. They put it on. They thought it was a whole, it looked horrible on Disney plus. They're like, this is so bad. So I was there. I happened to be at their house and I'm talking to them and I'm like, let me see. I put it on and they're like, Oh, it's uh, not that bad right now. I go, eh, that's streaming for you. <laughs> like, I like, you know, so it's like, it depends. There's so many variables in streaming that make it so difficult to, to do any kind of critical viewing through stream because you never know what you're getting and even when you get a good picture you're like is this as good as it could be <laughs> like i mean maybe it's just, maybe it could get even better if the stream was doing something who knows and there are going to be levels of compression with streaming too there's just no way around that on the yeah. audio and video side of the equation so it's really hard to determine that's why you won't see complete lossless sound at least at this point with the image structure available you won't see lossless sound uh via streaming it's always going to be a lossy codec yeah. Uh, until, I don't know, at such time as you have the bandwidth. I don't know what, what the answer right. to that would be, but 
you certainly have to consider all of that. And streaming can look and sound very good. There's no question about that. But mm. I would certainly like to be able to compare it, you know, to what you're getting on physical media or on a, or on a platform like uh, Kaleidoscape or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it. Now, I tried out that Sony Bravia version that's on the PS5 now, and that is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not as good as physical, but it is an improvement. So it's good. You know, it's a good sign of things to come for streaming. Um, it's just, I think you're even in the Bravia, in the notes or the licensing or whatever you see, it says, you know, you're still under the streaming thing. It's like if everybody in your neighborhood is all streaming at the same time, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be choking off your local bandwidth, right? right? So it's like, that's what makes everything so tough. And that's why having a physical form or a download in on site can, can eliminate those variables, like the variables we had earlier today. (laughs) You know, there's, there's only so much you can do. So, um, but it is nice to see that it is going to be getting better. And I mean, just think five, 10 years ago, just any of this stuff it's so much better than it was then i would say i let me ask you this i think picture is pretty close to almost being there and i think they've put their eggs in that basket because everybody has a decent display in their house so if you had a bad picture you know that not everybody can take advantage of the sound so i don't feel like i think that's why they're compressing that more what do you think on that yeah i would agree with that for sure because in most instances, I think they look at it like most people who are streaming aren't going to be streaming to a quality sound system. They probably, they're looking at it like they're probably going to be sitting in their living room watching or listening through the TV speakers or maybe a sound bar or something like that. So I would agree that they've definitely put their, their, their eggs in the, in the video basket for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because all my A, Bs, and C testing where I go, like Kaleidoscape, Disc, Streaming, the picture quality is – it's – if you're not in – it's funny because Kaleidoscape people would probably be like, no, 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 it's way better. It's not way better. It's better. And it's – but it's – over streaming, I'm saying. Right. But it's so close that if you walked into the room, you wouldn't know which of the three were playing. Right. In my opinion, looking at the picture, right? But when you AB it, and my wife's like, like, I won't tell her which of the three she's seeing. And she'll be like, I don't know. I'll go back and forth between either the disc and Kaleidoscape and then the stream. And she's like, it just feels like it. it and you have to play a scene. If you freeze it, you can't see a different. Right? It's just the way the scenes play. She goes, I feel like it's just a slightly cleaner window. Mm-hmm. That's how she's described it. Like almost like there's a film over the sure. window, but you can't tell the difference. But then it's like, and to me, I think that's where you see when as a scene plays out, it, that film over the window that she describes is like, that's your dynamics. It's just, just, you know, compressing just enough that you don't get maybe as dark in certain areas and bright in certain areas. So it gives you a feeling of like a milkier window or, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's hard to describe. You have to see it to, to sure. understand. Sure. But, um, but, but that is nice that we're that close, but to be able to get sound up there too, that'll be when we're, you know, that'll be great. Um, what else do you have this year for movies that I, I know ones that I want to talk about with you? So 
but I want to give you the opportunity to to shock me with something. And that actually, Gran Turismo shocks me that you would off the cuff with that one. Really? Because I love it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm surprised that that shocked you. All right, so. Well, we agree, Ralph. That's why it shocks me on that one. (laughs) Well, I think it, it goes without saying that uh, Oppenheimer is in, is, is certainly in the, in the conversation. That was, um, I mean, epically, epically long, but great story, superb video presentation. And regardless of whether you agree with it or not, some people, oh, it should have gotten that most mix, but the director is not a fan. So we're always, we're always going to see 5.1 from him. But the, uh, I thought the sound mix was top notch. You want to talk about bass, you get bass and spades with that one. So Oppenheimer's in the discussion, uh, among my favorites this year, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. I had a blast with that one. I didn't get a chance to see it in the movies, but, uh, I meant to, but I, I never got around to it. But that one, I thought, you know, great home theater presentation as we've come to expect from the mission impossible movie. So that one, Mm. that was a lot of fun looking at some others. So there, so there's a few in my list that are not new movies. They're catalog titles that were Mm. released in 4k this year that included in my list because I really enjoyed them. The fugitive is one. That was incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I, 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 over the years, I don't know how many times I've seen it. I don't. Hmm. It, it, it's the movie that may be a Tommy Lee Jones fan. Like I liked, I knew who Tommy Lee Jones was. I liked him, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But when I got done watching The Fugitive, I was a Tommy yeah. Lee Jones fan. Same here. One to this day because of you know not just because of that movie, but that movie kind of started the ball rolling. So, so I was really pleased with the handling of that by Warner Brothers. It, it doesn't have like a crazy Atmos mix or anything like that. It's nice they included Atmos with it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the movie, the elements in the movie itself don't really call for a really busy object-based mix. But I thought the right. mix was handled fine. I thought it sounded – it was a nice, small, incremental improvement over the prior multi-channel mix. So that was fine. Video quality I thought was excellent. So yeah. I was really happy with that one. Uh, a movie called Dragon Slayer. Now, I don't know if you've seen it, DJ. Have mm-hmm. you seen Dragon Slayer? That was okay. earlier this year. I did see it too. Yeah. So that movie, I don't know, let me see, 1980 or 81, I think it came out. So I would have been in my mid-teens around that time. Yep. And I remember it was on HBO all the time. Mm-hmm. So I... I I, I had never owned it on home video, but when I saw it was coming out, I requested it to review and it got uh, perfect numbers for me uh, for the sound and video. I just thought it was a phenomenal overall presentation. I thought he did a fantastic job with it. So that one I was really pleased with and that made it into my list this year. Let's see. Something maybe that DJ wouldn't have thought of. Let's see here. <laughs> Would you think you're going to get me with Dragon Slayer? No. I don't know. A little bit. No, I I feel the same way with that one. It's like growing up watching that on like a 20 inch television as a kid and watching it on, you know, cable because it it played over and over. 
And then seeing it, I was like, it felt like I hadn't seen it before, mm-hmm. but you know it. And then you do get to parts and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know what's coming next. Here we go. Cause yep. it's things come back, but the color on that, especially early on when you're just getting into the movie and you're like, it isn't like the colors, the, the vibrancy, the, the entire thing. You're like, is this is from 81 or whatever it was. You're like, this, it looked so good. It, it, it really did. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, so what did you think of Evil Dead Rise? Did you see it? <laughs> no, you didn't get me. I've seen it and I hate it. I hate the movie itself. <laughs> so my two co-hosts, John and Steve, love it. A bunch of my listeners love it. And that's like a... a the running joke on the show, Evil Dead Rise, it's like, it's the one that I just, I'm not a huge horror fan, right? So I think the home theater presentation is amazing. It is. It's really, really good. And it, I mean, it opens up with, my wife and I watched it back in October, and it opens up with that, you know, the drone scene and everything going down that um, that riverbed area. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a little something out of like Jurassic Park or Jurassic World where and you, you thought a dinosaur was going to stomp, but it was like, even that scene, it was like, it looked almost 3D. It's like the way you follow in the drone. Uh, the sound in the room is really, I mean, home theater wise, it's, it, it practically is a must own. It is just so much fun around your room, audio wise and video wise too. My problem with the movie is my wife and I were like, what the hell was that even about? Like, th- what was the story? I'm like, I, I, there's no like, now I guess in Evil Dead, I, we, I'm not an Evil Dead fan. I ha- I don't know if I've ever seen any other Evil Dead movie. And my listeners are all like, well, you don't have to have seen it. I was like, well, apparently you do because I don't get it. <laughs> like, but they're like, no, no. Well, maybe if you got it explained to you and I go, well, if I have to have it explained to me, how good of a movie can it be? <laughs> like right. maybe to your genre, but it, it, or to the fans, I get that. But people were trying to tell me, you don't need to have seen anything else. And it's like, I just, I, I'm not a big horror fan. And then I, I do like horror. Like there's another one on your list I'd love to get to too, but I love horrors, but they, it's a certain type. And this, this, this subgenre of horror, it, I'm not a fan of. I get that. And I think I disagree that you wouldn't have to have any type of prior vibe for Evil Dead. I, I think okay. you kind of do need to have some sort of foundation for for the Evil Dead universe, but really more the first movie. But to, to be able to kind of absorb this one and say, okay. I kind of get it, like you, you, because having had that, you wouldn't feel like, what was that about? You would instantly know what's coming, what it's about, and where it's going. So I, I see. I feel like it went nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's like you know, the, the door is always open. You know, the door is always open. So I, I get that. So I don't. I don't look at. I don't look at your your reaction to that, and, and especially given the fact that you really haven't seen any of the other movies, and you're not, you know, diehard genre fan. That that would right. that movie would have would have would have landed with you. It's not a great movie. It's not a five star movie. I think it's it's a movie that 
definitely has a presence in the Evil Dead universe, and that coupled with its audio video presentation, you know, for me, made it uh, worth honorable mention. I mean, that's where it was in my list. It was an honorable mention. It wasn't, right? you know, it didn't make the main list, but it was one that I thought should have certainly been um, discussed. So that's why I, I, I put it in there. You uh, said there's another one. Hmm. There's another one in there that I'd love to discuss with you too. See if you find it. So is it a horror movie? Yeah. You're not, you're not talking about uh, The Exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That movie. What did you think of it? What did you think of, like, the movie itself? I mean, it was, DJ, I mean, it's, it's, it's classic. You know, it's kind of the one that opened the door yeah. to a lot of the movies that we all enjoy today. Probably Evil Dead being one of them. Yeah. Um, but that movie, I don't know if you read my review, but that, my review, but that movie for me has, That movie frightened me when I was a kid. I mean, just just the commercial. You know, you'd be sitting there, and yeah. the, 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 you know, the, the trailer would come on television, and I would like close my eyes and creep over to the TV and and turn the sound down because no remotes. You yeah, know, back then, and uh, so I really <laughs> you were the remote. <laughs> I really did. Your father would be like, "Go turn it down," or yeah. "Can you put it on channel five now?" Yep. <laughs> I, I um, so I didn't really see it until I was a teenager. And I did it, you know, it, it scared me. So I have prior to reviewing it, I'd never owned it on home video because I just, it, it was a movie that I just didn't care to own. I didn't care to have it in, in the house. You know, it was just weird. So when I saw it was coming out, I said, well, given its, its status, I need to get it. I need to sit down with it again and review it. And I did that. And I, I thought that the presentation was phenomenal. I love what they did with Atmos. I thought that the video quality was excellent. Uh, so it was it was definitely a, you know a top notch catalog release. I thought. Uh, as for the movie itself, I don't own it anymore. It's gone. You know, I, I won't. Uh, I won't. Watch, I wouldn't watch it again. Really? I, oh no, no, I would not watch that movie again. There's some stuff in that movie that happens. It's just too disturbing for me. I'm not even going to go into it, but, uh, you know, yeah. one scene in particular that yeah. I wouldn't watch it again. Um, so here, here we did, we had a uh, discussion on the show about this and, um, my co-host Steve agrees with you. Uh, I agree with you on most of it. Um, but I felt it, that the picture quality was too inconsistent. Um, there were, there were some scenes that were, I mean, just most of the movie, I'd say 80% of the movie was just drop dead gorgeous. But then there were some other scenes that were just like really like it, like it fell off the map, like how grainy it was. Like some of the long shots looking at the city, um, mm -hmm. were very grainy. Um, another one that like I literally, I'll, I had, and I, I watched it on Kaleidoscape first because my disc hadn't come in yet. And then the disc came in and I watched it there and I'm like, maybe Kaleidoscape got a bad version because I was watching, I'm like, I saw what people had said, including yourself. And I'm like, 
what I'm seeing here. I'm like, my wife and I were like, that is super grainy. Like, like even the sky over the city on some of those long, it was, it looked like there were bugs in the sky. It was just so active, just so much grain. It was really poorly done compared to the rest of the, not even comparing it to other discs or other catalog titles that just other shots in the movie itself. Right. But then remember the subway scene. And the blooming on those overhead lights in the subway seem just seemed so unnatural. And I was like, is this, I mean, was it a, a an artistic choice or what? It just didn't even fit with some of the other shots. Like there were so many other great shots. Like remember when she's going through the attic with the lit candle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what I, I watched that scene and the 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 color on that and the the black levels were so dead on and i pointed this out to my wife i was like watch this as you walk with a candle the color of a color of a flame is dictated by the temperature of the flame right. as you change the temperature of the flame it's going to get closer to like a yellow right or whatever whatever it is as in it as she was walking the flame actually changed color. The front of the flame adjusted the color. You could actually see the halo around the end. And when she stopped walking and the flame went upright, you could actually see the color readjust because now it was a consistent temperature on both sides. Right. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah, I so that imagine that a level of detail. Then they go into the subway and it looks like a bunch of lightsabers are put on the ceiling. And that to me was like, wait a minute, how do they shoot that dark attic scene so nicely? But then that subway scene is just so out of whack. I, I just felt like it was it, like that to me took, didn't take me out of it. I still love the movie. I love the transfer. It's best it's ever looked, but that level there, I fu- felt like it was like, mm, I, I would have liked to seen a little more. Well, one of the things you have to consider when you're watching a movie like that is the, the the cinematographer and the director will have intimate discussions about choices that are made mm-hmm. for very specific scenes. So when you see scenes where one scene might look a little grainier uh, or the grain is more dense than in other scenes, it may be relative to the film stock that was used to create a specific look that they're shooting for, for that particular scene, mm. which may explain what you're talking about in terms of, well, why does this scene look a little different than this scene? And in terms of the, the description of shooting in an attic space or in, a, in, a, in an enclosed space where you can have very specific control over the lighting or shooting in a space, which is in a subway where you have multiple, uh, you have light coming from multiple areas, then there have to be choices made about how that's going to be shot because you don't have the same level of control. And depending on the camera angle, whether it's a wide angle shot or a closer shot, that may determine too uh, the type of lenses that are used and things that may create some of the effects that you're talking about. So those are the things that you have to kind of weigh when you're, I don't want to say when you're watching it, but take into account Mm-hmm. When you see something, you say, well, why does that look that way? To me, that looks awful. To me, that looks different. Those those may be factors that are contributing to that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, and I am well aware of that. And it's, but that to me is like, so when you're shooting a movie, it's like, I don't think that's, I can't, how do I put it? I know the movie is a classic. I appreciate the movie, but what I'm like looking at it from that perspective, it's like, I don't know. I just expected another level of like, okay, we could like, how do you shoot? Like the outdoor scene that was grainy to me is that was unusual because it was brightly lit. So how, how, like, cause I know dark scenes can tend to get that way. I know it's like, so let's go back to the fugitive. I thought that it looked that the picture on that was so consistent, so well done. You could see a drop off. Um, so to get to your exact point of like what we were saying about the exorcist in the subway, remember the stairway chase scene in the exorcist, right? And you've got Tommy Lee Jones running down the stairs. You got Harrison Ford running down the stairs in that, in that, uh, what is it? Like, yeah. In the building. legal building, right? Yeah. There's only so much lighting you can shove into that stairway scene and it's an action scene. So the other part is, is people need to take into account to your point is like, it also depends on your aperture too and like how fast you're shooting this stuff. So if you have a fairly slow moving scene, but not a lot of light, you can really slow it down. And just the actors are told, don't move a lot because we're going to be, you know, shooting at a, a at a slower rate to bring in more light, right? You can't do that in a chase scene. So you need it to be well lit. So he's coming down the stairs and that scene, when you look in there, the, the quality of the video there isn't nearly as nice as, as when you see Tommy Lee Jones come out of that stairway and it's like one shot and he comes into the main airway, like hallway area. And I don't even, I don't know if they put extra lights on the ceiling or what they did, but it is so well lit that when they come in on Tommy Lee Jones's face, everything looks, and it's like one long shot. It looks gorgeous. But the drop off from the stairway to that isn't that great. But it, so that to me was like very, very well done from conception to 8K restoration to what we get at home. Sure. Where I feel like Exorcist, I get, you know, they have much more limitations in the 70s and they had this in it, what they were shooting for, what they were going for. I just felt like this is one of those movies that I'm not saying didn't need a 4K transfer, but when you do a 4K and you pull all of this out, now you're start, it's exposing some stuff that maybe nobody ever intended would see the light, didn't even fathom that this would see the light of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I do. I look at those things as being what's called an innate quality of the film's elements. Right. I agree with you that sometimes when you, you know, when you restore something like this, you, you, you know, you're going to see some of the things that are, that are there and they may be limitations of the source material. And there's just nothing you can do about that. Uh, right. So unfortunately, that kind of comes part and parcel with it. I would rather have it that way than have them try to cover them up uh, digitally and yes. and create more issues. So I would rather see those those you know those minor inconsistencies as opposed to them trying to blend all of the film to look the same because then right then that's going to be a problem. Right. Right. And, and I and I agree. And I'm not saying that they should have changed anything. But to me, it's like when I look at something 
if I'm going to, my, my opinion of it is going to take that into account because I can't say, and I, you know, I've said this to Steve. He was like, this is a textbook way to restore a movie. And I was like, I don't want to put it in that category because I, we have movies like Lawrence of Arabia or we have like uh, Psycho and some other older catalog titles that are so good and so consistent that that to me, that's what, that's what we should be looking for because then you can say, okay, here is like, it had great stock. It was shot so well that when we take it to in today's technologies can really pull out how well that was done. But then it doesn't take anything away from the exorcist. What it does is it shows you like, this is why you should be appreciating movies like Lawrence of Arabia or even like the fugitive, which was, I know that's a newer movie, but this is what these things, how important the stock is and that I'm going to jump you right to Nolan and his whole thing, like with the Oppenheimer and everything, is he sh- still shooting on film? I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on my show because that is the best possible stock for future use. Because if you shoot in 4K, it's forever 4K. But if you shoot in film, you've seen there's no limit. It's film is, you know what I mean? So is yeah, well, I mean, it, do, do you think that's possible? Well, yeah, I mean the resolution. Film's resolution is a lot more than than people really. Its ability, I should say, you know, in terms right. of resolution, is a lot higher than most people even realize. Uh, but so you know, each filmmaker looks at things from a you know through a different lens, so to speak, and they have their their own artistic vision and choices and things that they want to do to bring their films present their films in such a way uh, that it kind of coincides with, with, with their artistic intention. And he's definitely, Nolan is definitely a guy who has his own ideas about what it is that he wants to do to tell his stories, which is one of the things I appreciate about him. Hmm. I think the same could be said about, um, you know, the exorcist and the fugitive and Lawrence, everyone had hmm. an idea, but you know, when the movies of old were shot, I mean, they, they never, there was no home video, you know, so they weren't thinking about, okay, so when this, you know, comes to home video, we'll be able to, they, they weren't thinking about those things, uh, back in, back in those days. Whereas, you know, today, filmmakers, when they're making their, their, their choices kind of have that in, in the back of their minds because that's another medium, uh, mm-hmm. for, for them to be, be, to be able to present, you know, their works. So. Yeah. And it's, that's the, since the eighties, really seventies, I'd say into the eighties is really where they started probably thinking outside the box. Uh, I'd say Lucas was probably ahead of his time mm-hmm. with the marketing and stuff. And then into the eighties with VHS and people being able to take stuff home. And then eventually it quickly evolved into own at home, right? you know, and then that, that's a whole other market. Um, and, and you're right, but that, and that's what I mean is like, that's why when you look at these older films and how they translate at home and stuff, and you're like, how well those, some of those movies were shot. And I do think it's funny when you see on social media and stuff and like, why can't they make movies like they did in the old days? All this crap we have today. I'm like, you just don't hear about the crap in the old days. All you hear about is the good stuff. They forget that like 
negativity dies off very fast, right? Negative stuff. If it was bad back then, it doesn't make it to your memory today. So all you, that's why the old days always seem so good. (laughs) It's like you only remember the good stuff. stuff. Yeah. It's true. so, and it's like, you're like, you don't realize like, oh yeah. So when like the, the year psycho came out, like how much crap came out that year too. Right. And, but today we're into today. So we see bad, bad, bad. Oh, there's another good one, you know? Yeah. Um, so what do you have <clears throat> getting to restorations? And this is, this is a modern one. Um, but I, I got to bring it up. Titanic. What do you think? Come on, is, <laughs> it is phenomenal. It's it's phenomenal. Uh, I was actually astounded at how good it looked. That's what owned, I said. Yeah, I owned it on <laughs> on home video. Uh, I think I owned it on DVD. Hmm. I own it. Uh, I owned it on on Blu-ray. You know, the three D Blu-ray, the regular Blu-ray, whatever. Hmm. So it's it's. Uh, it's a movie I always thought looked, you know, looked good. I thought it looked actually very good on Blu-ray. So I really wasn't sure what, uh, it, you know, what 4K would, would bring to it. I had hopes that it would, and, uh, it, it, it far exceeded my expectations. I just think soup to nuts. It's just awesome. Everything from the application of HDR to the level of detail to the handling of color, um, nice, rich contrast. A superb dynamic range. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. I thought it looks great. It, Sound too. Yeah. It, the, the, the Atmos mix I thought was apropos, wasn't heavy handed, but kicked in what it needed to kick in. Uh, and, and, you know, there were some choices that were made that were interesting. I liked how in the like opening scene when they're underwater and the submersible, you kind of get the little, 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 little bubbles mm-hmm. thing in the whole room is kind of moving around. And then it gets quiet for the longest time until Rose starts telling her story. Mm. And it, it, it goes back to them, them showing the ship for the first time. And, and then, you know, James Horner's music score just starts to, just fills the whole room. I thought that was really cool. And yeah. of course, when things start to go wrong the night of the sinking, you, you know, then it, it kicks in again. So I, I, I really enjoyed it from, uh, from Soup to Nuts. I thought, like you were saying with the score and stuff, I thought the what I thought about this uh, restoration or whatever you rendition or whatever you want to call it of it, it 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 exposed or enhanced what couldn't have been shown in the other mediums, and it's like like you were saying about the score, it's when if you have if you increase the ability of the dynamics in in that format it means now all of a sudden those low parts that quiet spot quieter areas you were talking about are now emphasized more and like you said like when i first put this on i got it last week uh the same day it came out on kaleidoscape as it did on disc and i was just i just put it on because i just heard some great things about it so i just and i end up getting shawshanked into a three-hour movie because you can't take your eyes off it and i thought even going back to 97 i was like the reason this movie was so popular is because they open it up it's a love story 
But they open it up with all the technology that the real world technology of being under the ocean and doing all that. And so like every guy in the theater is like, yeah, this is cool. We're underwater, blah, blah, blah. Right. But then there's a love story for people to, for, for people to gravitate to and be like, Oh, what a story. I can't wait to see that again. But guys are like, ah, it sinks. I can't wait to see that again. You know, like, but so you had that whole dynamic going on. But when, when you see that underwater scene, at the opening of this, it is, I don't think, I don't think anybody has ever put out any video of actual Titanic underwater that has looked this good. Right. It's, and to your point, it's like your room, it's like you're in that sub and you're, or you're under the water and it's like, whoa, there's not a lot of sound, but that's the point of being down at that depth. And what you are here, it's like you're, it's like you're surrounded by jello in your sure. room. Boom, boom, boom. And it's, what about the first scene in the engine room on the on the Titanic, when those huge pistons start shoom 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 when they first fire the engine? Oh. I mean, I thought that sounded fantastic. It's like, it your, looked fantastic. It looked fantastic. It sounded fit. You're like your room. You're like dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. It, it had a the right amount of reverb because you're inside a ship, but it had. I mean, and when I say the right amount, it's like. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, it's just a room. Sounds like the pistons are going on. You're seeing some, but you know, they're all behind you and everywhere, but you can't take your eyes off those. They're huge. The, 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 the glean off of them. And then looking at the characters that obviously are put in there so you can get some type of scale of all of this. And I thought the, the colorization of each scene. Yes, in the in the engine room, it's like it actually had that filthy, dirty, grimy feel to it. But yet, everything in there was brand new. But the way they colorized it, it you felt like you're in an engine room, right? But this is all brand new stuff. We're going to see for the first time, you know. Right, right. And uh, contrast that with shortly after that, they're they're like setting sail, and you're seeing the 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 horizon line and you're seeing all of this stuff and it's like it, the sky and everything and the colors and then the co- the different colors of the of the um passengers just walking around the deck all those sweeping like looks like drone shots of the top of the titanic even taking you through the smoke of the of one of the stacks you know right. and just there was just so much detail that you, you can't stop watching and then the sound, like you said, how it builds to that. It's like, but you needed that quiet part to now all of a sudden be like, oh boy. That's right. Yep. It was all good. It's, oh, and you know, one, one thing I noticed and I haven't had an opportunity to go back and watch any of the Blu-rays or anything, other versions I have, the seams of the plates on the outside of the Titanic and how evident they are. And it's, it's just, that really jumped out to me. It with this and being able to see that detail and then like that some of the shots where it's you know Titanic's coming at you and you're looking at the black steel and the and all those seams down the side and sometimes you can actually see the rivets and stuff sure. and I just thought that accentuated that like that's what gets cut open look at all of those seams yeah. look at that yeah and, like yeah it's true. It's, yeah, what they what they did with that, what he did with that, I think I'm looking forward to the rest of uh, the other ones that are coming coming soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to discuss those. That'll be another show for sure. 
I've got my fingers crossed as we record this. I got my fingers crossed that I'm get Kaleidoscape's getting them on Tuesday. Yeah, the, the studio sent me uh, the uh, the digitals for those that are coming out. Uh, I'll get the physical releases in, in March, but they uh, but they sent me uh, you know the the, the streaming uh, links for for all okay. of them. So at some point. Over the next few weeks, I'll probably sit down and watch them, and I'll put something together to discuss, you know, review together of their of their digital streaming versions, and then of course later, the um, the physical media releases as well. But we'll have to yeah. talk about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> definitely. I can't wait. If I get up tomorrow morning and I have them there, I'm like, I don't know which one. If in your recommend, if they're all there tomorrow, because they all come out Tuesday, they all come out tomorrow um which one would you watch first the abyss yeah absolutely. i would watch the abyss uh, to me it's the it's the most epic one mm-hmm. it's uh i don't know how many times i've seen that movie i've seen them all obviously aliens uh and and you know true lies and i just love true lies but the abyss is the one that I'm the most curious about because it has the most uh, effect shots and you know and so forth and so on. The, the, the things that I would be curious to see how they how well they hold up. So that's the one that I would I would I would watch first. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's what I I'm hoping to be able to do. Like first thing, if I get up, it's there. I'll I'll watch that before I go to work. Uh, yeah. But yes, I've had the laser disc. I've had the all iterations of it, the special edition, yep. you know, so that you can see actually what the movie was supposed to be about, but was cut down for theatrical, right? right. you know, viewing times. Yep. Um, but yeah, and it, it also, it's a, it's another one of those historic movies too, the technology that he developed on that, which he then used on T2 and just that idea moving and how much it's been used since then. Um, and then what do you think of the idea of how many, how many, like, is, what do we got? Like two generations since this movie came out potentially that have no idea, but listening, you know, the world, the way it is today, I think a lot of people are going to see the meaning of this movie and go, wait, that that was back then too. Yeah. 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 yeah we've been going this for a long time, people. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I am. I am looking forward to those. I, first, I was kind of like, eh, I'm just gonna wait, and you know, wait for the physical media discs to come. I don't, but I can't help myself. It's been so. I'm, you know, the those non anamorphic DVD releases of you know True Blood and the Abyss, <laughs> just brutal. So yeah, I, I can't wait. Aliens, you know, we have on on Blu-ray, and so. That one, if yes. You say, okay, we, you know, we got that in 1080p. You know, all, all right, but but I really am curious to see the other two because I've only ever seen them. You know, since seeing them in the theater, I've only ever seen them on crappy, you know, you know, crappy, you know, releases on home video. So I'm yeah, DVD, yeah. yeah, yeah. So but, yeah, um, so yeah. So I want to kind of jump back into what we were talking about earlier. Go ahead. This time is getting close. Um, yes, I know. Let's see. So. Pray. What did you think? Yeah. You've seen Pray. What did you think? Oh, yeah. Have you seen the, 
did you see it on Kaleidoscape or what? If, how did you? It's see not it? on Kaleidoscape. Okay, it, that that never got released on Kaleidoscape. I saw it on uh, obviously on Hulu when it came out last right. year. Right. Uh, then uh, when it was coming out on disc, I I I obviously ordered the disc, and then I've also. Uh, since installed a second Apple TV in my theater with a VPN connection so that I can get a UK version of their Disney Plus, which has Hulu with Atmos. So I've compared all three. Uh, I love the movie itself. We could discuss that if you'd like to. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I think the disc is, is incredible. I think the Atmos sound on that is very, heightened compared to what we got on the uh, stream. I thought the picture as well. I thought this, the picture on Hulu was okay. I thought on Disney Plus in the UK it was better. Um, and then obviously the disc is even better. I don't know what Hulu is doing, but it definitely, I feel like they, they compress, there must be some additional compression or they're just not, their bit rate might be slower than other streamers or something, but it, right. it wasn't bad. It was the only way for a time. It was the only way I could see it. And I thought it was a great experience, but I definitely see the advantage of the Atmos track in the UK and uh, maybe a different stream. Um, but the physical on that is, is awesome. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, we have to dive into the movie, but uh, the movie I enjoyed the overall presentation, like you said, on disc, I thought was, was just excellent. And I, I waited to see that one until it was on, uh, on, on disc. I never saw it on Hulu, so I never had oh. that, that opportunity. Um, I didn't bother with that. I waited. I, and I was probably busy and just didn't get to it. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I also have. Hugo. Hugo. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that one. Yeah. I didn't see that one. That was released by Arrow, uh, Arrow Video. And they did a, you know, a 4K restoration on that. And that was superb. And that's a movie that I I reviewed back in the day when Paramount released it. And it was like a 3D Blu-ray release. And I remember the 3D and that movie being very, very good. And I thought it was good that what I liked about this release from Arrow was that they also included the 3D Blu-ray in along with the 4K um, and the Blu-ray release in that in that package, which was an excellent package. So uh, I, I had to include that because I thought it was a really really solid release, and they did a nice job with their with their package. Um, excuse me. And Ender's Game, I got some questions about Ender's Game. Okay. From people because they were kind of like, well, Ender's Game. No, it was already released on 4K in 2019 or 16. Maybe it was, I don't remember I, I, when the, the original release came out. Uh, but it had been previously released on 4K. But that release was problematic because there was something going on with the gamma on that encode. The, the, the blacks on that were like gray. And it just completely oh. robbed the image because it's a movie that takes place in space and there's a lot yeah. of, you know, CGI and a lot of, you know, low lit scenes and things like that. And, and, and the, the gamma being skewed, uh, like that, it just, it robbed the image of, of its depth. And with this release, it was a steelbook release from, I don't know, it was a Best Buy exclusive or something, but it was a steelbook release and they, they, they correct, Lionsgate corrected that. And the difference 
is 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 extremely extremely obvious. And it who just, did the original 4K release? It was Lionsgate. Oh, was it Lionsgate as well? It was Lionsgate okay. also. So someone got the memo, and they corrected it with this release, and, the, and it just looks and it already it already sounded fantastic. It sounded fantastic on Blu-ray, which is a 7.1 channel mix, and the Atmos track made that even better. So you had that first release that had the good Atmos track, but the video wasn't up to par. Now this release kind of brought everything together. So I, I, uh, I really thought it was great and I, I, I wanted to include that one for that reason. So I kind of wanted to make sure that I got to that while we were talking because that was one that uh, I think that people were kind of like, you know, like, huh, like, where's that coming from? Yeah. Uh, I had, I had grabbed that one this year and watch it. I had never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, I thought that movie was, I thought it was fantastic. I thought I saw, I grabbed it on Kaleidoscape. So it has the Atmos track, the 4K. I don't know if maybe they got it. Did I, I, I got it when the new release came out. So I'm wondering if maybe they just updated it or maybe they had it. They, I, I don't know if they had the other version before, but from what I saw out of that movie, um, I thought everything that you're saying, I thought it was fantastic. And the Atmos track I thought was great. Um, I never saw an issue. I didn't know there was an issue on a, on a previous, um, on a, a previous disc. Um, I think I actually watched it because of you, if I remember. Some, I had read somebody talking about it and I was like, I've never seen that. And then I looked it up on Kaleidoscape and I'm like, all right, I got the, I got the HDR and the Atmos. So let me try it out. And, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, like you said, the home theater part of it was, is awesome. I think. I mean, I, I know some people don't like the movie itself, but I thought it was a great home theater experience, uh, especially for something like that. And, um, but yeah, no, no, I'm glad. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad you do what you do. It's like you watch a lot of stuff and, and it's, you watch a lot of crap too. Unfortunately, I, 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 not everything can be great. Right, Ralph? No. <laughs> Now, so yeah, but you know, we 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 have to sift through it sometimes to find the you know the diamonds in the rough. So unfortunately, that comes with the territory that there are times you're going to get stinkers, and you do it. You know, you do what you have to do. It's all good. Yeah. Do you ever? Do you ever? Now I've seen movie. Obviously, you can't rank everything great. So I've seen how you rank, and and I I love how you do it. You're so. I think that's why we got along from jump is like, you're just so positive about everything anyways. Um, have you ever like just not, and I don't want you to tell me the movie, but have you ever just said, ah, I'm not even going to write about this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's been some where let's put it this way. If, if I request a movie, if the studio sends me a press release and I say, okay, yeah. I, and I, I request to cover it. Then I'll cover it, you know, even if it's a, even if it's lousy, because I feel like hey, I did ask you for it, so it'd be unfair of me to say, "Well, I asked for it, now I don't like it." So, but right. there are a lot of instances too where the studio they just automatically will send me things. So I, I you know, I, I go through those, and I and those I kind of look at and say, "Okay, uh, I didn't ask for this, but I will cover it." And some of it depends on my review schedule too. Um, so I will come mm-hmm. and there's been some where I've, I've looked at it and I said, this movie is bad. 
uh, not only is it a bad movie, but it's you know not very good to look to look at or listen to. So so some of those you know they, they don't get covered. But uh, I guess it would be unfair to say, yeah, I got a movie and it's just it just I don't care for it. You know, as a movie, so in that light, I'm not going to review it. So I try not to do that. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the movie itself. Like, if I was in your position, I'd still cover Evil Dead Rise, right? And I kind of like what I do here. Right. Um, if I didn't have John and Steve on my show every week, I wouldn't have probably even watched that. Right. Because it's not my choice, sure. and that's what I like. Like. What I do is I just I can I, I'm this isn't my job I'm doing this for fun so I'm not trying to appease anybody like that or even just still it's like my like there are there is stuff I don't like I just choose not to talk about it right. but if it was my job and somebody said what do you think of Evil Dead Rise I would tell them all the great stuff that I thought it was on the disc but I the movie itself is just not my cup of tea right, right? so yeah exactly sometimes you just you know, a movie just, it doesn't resonate with you. You watch it and you go, yeah, I don't care. Right. And I've had people say, you, you know, I don't, I really like that movie. You know, I don't understand why you don't yeah. like it. It's okay. You know, opinions on movies are they're subjective. You know, we all, we have different tastes. It's like different tastes in clothes, different tastes in, in music. So yeah. everyone's tastes are different. It doesn't necessarily, we don't have to align in that regard. And, and that's, that's what makes the world go around. So that's all good. Yeah. Um, so well, it's like I say to people all the time, like they tell me, like, why don't you like that? Well, why? why uh, yeah, why, how come you don't see it like I see it? Or blah blah. blah. If they really want to get into it, I'm like, what's your favorite color? Oh, uh, blue. Why? They stumped. <laughs> I don't even know why. You always <laughs> it's like know it's a good question when you get no response. Right. And you're like, well, why do you have your favorite color? And then now you don't even know why it's your favorite color. But when I tell you what mine is and it doesn't line up, how do you tell me that I should like yours? It's sure. the same thing with movies sure. or anything, anything. It's like, no, I, I, you know what I mean? Oh, I agree. So, um, but we lose perspective of it. And what's great about that is people are just so passionate when they love something. Sure. Like Evil Dead Rise, they're so passionate about it and they're like, well, why don't you like it like I do? Which is great. It's great. Defend it to the hilt and I'm here to, I'm here to tell you why I don't like it and I can tell you that, but it's like, uh, it, you know, but it, that's what makes art great. Uh, one thing I do know, I like Ralph Potts. Ah. <laughs> so um i know you've got to get going you've got a busy day i'm busy as well but thank you for taking the time um we've been busy and i, I wish we could spend more time but we'll definitely get more time on those cameron stuff oh yeah um, for sure yeah when that comes out and then uh when i eventually get into my new place whatever remote maybe we'll get back into the roomy remote thing i don't know yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So, Ralph, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for taking the time. As always, uh, love you, buddy. Have a great holiday. Have a great Christmas, New Year's, all of that. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Same to you. All the best to your family. Best of luck with your project. Uh, you know, uh, have a great, have a great, uh, you know, Christmas, New Year. And stay in touch. I mean, you're very good about that, but stay in touch. And, and <laughs> I'm always glad to be on your, always glad to be on your show. And I'm looking forward to the next time when we can, when we can uh, dig into some of this stuff because uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You're the best. Thanks, Ralph. 
All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Well, not watching. This audio only, so thanks. Uh, you know what you got to do until the next time. Go push play. What he said. Hey, Fred. This has been a Hey, Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.